Greetings and welcome to the Antithesis of Superwoman. I'm your host, Recovering People Pleaser and ASW Encouragement Coach Von Fuller, and I am so excited that you are back with me as we progress on this journey of living our best lives without the cape. The title of this episode is DMX, The Unlikely Encourager. As most of you have heard, unfortunately, one of the most influential rappers in the game passed away last Friday. I was praying for the opposite, but I know that was selfish of me because I do know that he was in pain. And at the time that they tested him, they said that he had no brain activity. But we could pray for miracles, right? So today I want to honor him by talking about how he impacted my life and the lives of many others. All right, let's get into it. Again, welcome. Before we dive into today's topic, as always, I want to address three things. One, I am not a licensed therapist. I am solely a person who is passionate about encouraging people to live their best lives. Two, I am a Christian. While I will share personal experiences that are going to evolve my beliefs, I'm not going to force my beliefs on you in this podcast. And three, I identify as a woman, hence the podcast name, and I'm surrounded by a lot of women. So a lot of my examples will be a woman. However, men, please know I am fully aware that we have supermen out there as well. And if you're feeling a weight on the world of your shoulders, but feel like you can't express it because you have to maintain this strong and unshakable image, then you're in the right place because this podcast is for you. And if you enjoy hearing encouraging tips and tools to go from overwhelmed to overjoyed, join the Encouragement Fam. Remember to click subscribe, like, rate, and review. Okay, so now that we've gotten all the logistics out of the way, let's discuss DMX. Okay, so I'm jumping right into it. And I'm going to ask you to bear with me because I'm still a bit raw from the news of his loss. Honestly, I really was a fan. I was actually supposed to do an episode on healing this week, and I was going to have DMX as my beacon of encouragement, as an example of someone who's struggling with true healing, but prays for others to be healed. And he's inspired so many, many of those folks who they've been written off, let's be real. But then he passed away. And honestly, solely naming him as my beacon of encouragement just didn't feel like enough. So I changed things up in this episode, I want to give him his flowers. So here goes. DMX was a big part of my childhood. His talent and his skill is what hooked me on him as an artist, but his heart is what made me a fan of him as a person. Today, I remember, even still, just like it was yesterday, when I first heard him on the song. As a kid, I loved to listen to music before I went to bed. And sometimes, you know, being a kid, I was supposed to be asleep, but I would be in a bed in the dark. Instead, listening to music on my CD player, (laughs) on my CD player, under my covers. (laughs) And sometimes my mom would check on me and catch me. And other times she wouldn't, you know, love you, mom. (laughs) But this particular night, I did not get caught listening to music. I was listening to the Mace Harlem World album, Big Up, and 24 Hours to Live came on. I was feeling the song. Like, I like the concept. It made you think as a person, 
what would you do if you really only had 24 hours to live? That completely changes a lot of people's perspective, right? And I'm sure Puff asking a question at the beginning of the song helped me. (laughs) But it was still a good question to ask yourself. So you got Mace, you got Black Rob, you got the locks, and they're all coming with the heat, right? None of them disappoint. And then all of a sudden, this dude comes on at the end and takes the song to a whole new level. And I played the song back because I'm usually good at recognizing voices, terrible at names, but great at voices. And I didn't recognize this one because I was like, am I tripping or is this just a new artist? And it confirmed that it was a new artist that I didn't know at the time, or at least new to me. And I played it again. Second, third, fourth playback was just to hear the energy. Like he just completely came and changed the game on that song. The song was a great song, but he turned it from a great song to a on-repeat song. And I knew first thing in the morning that I would be looking at the CD sleeve to see what that man's name was. Lo and behold, it was DMX. Then I heard him again on LL Cool J's 4321, and the voice was undeniable. His energy, his lyrics, just, he couldn't be matched. And he was putting in work. I recently looked up when both of those songs came out, and they literally came out right after the other. Harlem World came out in October of 97, and 4321 came out in December of the same year. So while I know sometimes labels can sit on things for a while, I'm going to assume that wasn't the case with this, and he probably recorded them within within the same time frame. Either way, I heard him on two features before I heard him on his own album, and he did not miss, ever. So then I started looking him up, reading about him, you know, all the things. I learned his name was Earl Simmons, that he had an extremely terrible and abusive childhood, unfortunately. That he had a family, he had a wife and a son at the time. Since then, his family has grown exponentially. But you know, all the typical things that you learn about an artist when you're a fan. And then I was exposed to something else, his undeniable faith in God his ability to stand in confidence in that. And because he was still a G, no one was going to check him, boo. No one was going to make him feel weak or dumb or like a square because he was a believer. Typically, you know, what we see is very linear. If you're a part of the street life, well, you stay clear of the church and may not fully believe in God or at least fully commit to God. And if you believe in God and have a relationship with him, then you stay away from the street life. DMX was our anomaly. He was both. But that's not what made him an anomaly. It was the fact that he didn't hide any part of himself. He wasn't one of those doing the most on Saturday and acting like he was free from sin on Sunday. He brought the streets to God and God to the streets. He was himself authentically everywhere he went. And it was clear that God placed a strong calling on his life. What I loved about him too was the fact that he was extremely humble with it. I remember one prayer he did where he admitted he was new to this and may not have all the right words, but then he proceeded to pray a prayer that brought almost everyone to tears and the rest with the rest and stank face on how touching and convicting his words were. I have to play the prayer at the end of this episode so y'all can feel what everyone else was feeling. His humility is something that's really in stark contrast to what we have seen in our culture in this world, where many others allow themselves to be placed on a pedestal because all of their power of influence, and that's inclusive of church culture. Now, saints, 
don't come for me. Don't at me. I'm not saying this is all the people in the church, but we can't act like we don't see people act like this both in and outside of the church. And that's all I'm saying. Another reason why he wasn't seen as an ideal image of someone who got placed in a leadership role to help others is because in addition to being in the streets and having some violent lyrics and being in and out of jail, he also struggled with addiction. And we know as a society that most people who are struggling with substance abuse aren't typically trusted as a confidant or an encourager or even a prayer warrior. And he was all three. But I'm thankful that God's ways are not our ways. In fact, if we look at the good book, most of the examples we see are of unlikely people that other people wouldn't choose, but God did. David, God's favored and beloved, was an adulterer and a premeditated murderer. Like, he was trying hard to get that dude killed. Noah was an alcoholic. Rahab was a prostitute. Peter was a G. I would venture to say that present-day version of Peter is in the streets. Because <laughs> Peter was like, I'm down for whatever, cutting off ears and whatnot. Paul, it was literally his job to kill Christians, and he was really good at his job. These were people God chose while they were still in the midst of doing these things. They were God's chosen in the midst of, and they were chosen to do major things. Rahab ended up being in the lineage of Jesus because of her actions and how she helped. Peter went on to start what we now know as a church, along with Paul, who did a 180 and became a devout Christian and wrote almost half of the New Testament. Noah was the one chosen to keep humans and animals alive after the major flood. And we all know David was a king who did mighty things, wrote books in the Bible, and depending on the interpretation, is also in the lineage of Jesus. And I think where the disconnect comes from is that in a church, we typically say that God will accept you regardless of your past. But that's not actually the case. We, as people, typically accept you regardless of your past. But he accepts you when your past is still your present. In fact, most of the time, the reason your past is able to become your past is because God accepted you when it was your present and helped you make it your past. So as a culture, we can have it so backwards sometimes. To me, DMX was a perfect example of a biblical character in present day who God chose to impact a lot of people and inspire some of the people that others have written off. He was in the streets and he showed God to the people in the streets. And what did Jesus do? He took his ministry to the streets. What I also loved about him is that he would start and end his concerts in prayer and would have some of the hardest, hardest thugs in tears. He had a true gift. And to me, what was best about him is he used it to the best of his capacity. You often hear in the church where they'll say, like, um, you hear the story of the talents, right? One person doubled the talents. Another person made more talents than the other person hidden in the dirt. And the one that hidden in the dirt ended up getting in trouble, right? DMX did not leave his talents. He used everything he could to his capacity to help other people. He used his platform, his popularity. He made it okay. And he made it actually cool to love God regardless of your circumstance. Regardless of what you look like. Excuse me, y'all. He was genuine. 
I think he helped a lot of people through just living his life and being true to himself. I'm thankful that he didn't wait to fit into a certain mold before boldly proclaiming to love God and offer to pray for himself and others. It's because he was willing to do it while he was still in the dirt, still in a struggle and a fight that it meant so much. I believe that is the reason why he touched so many lives. He was real. So yes, he was a hardcore rapper with a gritty style, got locked up a few times and suffered from addiction for many years. But he was also a father. He was a fierce encourager, a believer and a mighty prayer warrior. And as a quick side note, and maybe this is just my experience, but can we pick up male prayer warriors? Because typically when I see prayer warriors being used is typically for women. And like I said, it could only be my my personal experience, but I've heard people tell a man that their prayer was great, that it really touched him. But in terms of actually using the term prayer warrior, I typically only see that framed in the sense of women. So it's amazing to be able to see and call this man a prayer warrior. <sighs> okay, so I didn't know him. And I'm sitting here all emotional, as y'all can hear (laughs) on this podcast. I did not know him personally. And those who knew him said that he would give strangers a shirt off his back. Like he would still be in the streets helping people. And he didn't talk about it because it wasn't for the gram. It wasn't for show. It wasn't for image. It was for his heart. Okay, y'all, I need to relax. I'm getting too emotional here. So he was the unlikely encourager because he didn't look the part to some, but even more so because he prayed for others in the midst of his own battles. In a time where you would think he would be the one in most need of prayer. In fact, he probably was the one in most need of prayer. He was praying for everybody else. And he was expected because at one at some point during his career, he actually became known for his prayers in addition to his uh, lyrics, in addition to his, his rapping abilities. So he would be featured on others' albums, not to rap, but to pray. He would be the one that would be designated to pray for people before performances. And I mean, he would, that he was the go-to. He was the one people felt comfortable enough to pray that knew that prayer was reaching God. (laughs) I laugh because sometimes you hear, you know, you hear songs, you hear people in the church that say, everybody ain't got a word. You got to be careful who pray for you because everybody's not connected. And that is true. Like that is really true. And how lovely, how wonderful is it that God used someone who the world wouldn't take a second look at? to reach to reach God and to to truly have a true connection with him all right I think I'm pulling it together now so I'm just thankful that even in the midst of his very very real struggles that he took the time to think about everyone else even those who wouldn't consider him as a Christian or as a believer or as someone who could have a relationship with God people who 
didn't give him a second look or who wouldn't support him or his music because he didn't fit the mold. I mean, I remember, you know, I grew up in the church and I remember I could not get DMX albums. <laughs> Especially like uh, The Flesh of My Flesh, where he was, the cover is him covered in blood. My mama was like, oh, no. <laughs> So I did, you know, what kids do and mama don't be mad at me, but my friend hooked me up with the CDs at school. So (laughs) I feel so bad, but yeah, my friend hooked me up with the CDs at school so I could still listen to them and yeah, just an amazing artist an amazing person with an amazing heart. And I'm just thankful that I believe now his stage is even bigger. I hope that he inspires more people to take a page out of his book. That's that's my hope. That's my prayer. That his life and what he was willing to do for others in the midst of going through his own struggles inspires people to do the same. A couple takeaways here is one... Don't be hesitant to pray for people in the midst of your own struggles. Two, don't think you have to be perfect to be called and then to walk in that calling. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And his qualifications are completely different than the qualifications you're expected to meet in this world. Because he looks at the heart. He don't look at the external image or society's view of you. He looks at your heart. Which is why David could be his favorite and beloved. Because dude was out here wilding. But his heart, his heart was still good. The third takeaway, don't wait until you feel like you have all your stuff together to start walking in your purpose. Do it now. Don't let imposter syndrome keep you from doing what you know you should. Don't let it make you think that you're not worth it or that you don't have the knowledge or that what you have to bring is not valuable enough. It is. Do it and do it now because you don't know whose life you could be helping. You don't know who needs you to be the unlikely encourager in their life. And then on the flip side, be open to encouragement from unlikely encouragers. You never know how accepting wisdom from an unlikely encourager can actually end up helping you tremendously. So those are some takeaways that I hope you get out of this episode in the midst of me being super emotional. <laughs> that is new for me. This is a first for me um, being emotional like that. So with that, I think I've said enough on that and it's time to move on to the weekly segment. So we got the encouragement challenge, the beacon of encouragement and the encouragement quote. Your encouragement challenge this week is to be willing to be the unlikely encourager. Don't talk yourself out of it because it feels uncomfortable. What that discomfort is, is vulnerability. And it's a great thing and it's a necessary thing for our growth and for us to be able to connect and help people. And also, like I said before, be willing to be open to hearing unlikely encouragers. Don't look at their circumstances or what they may be going through or struggling with right now because they could have the perfect word for you. Okay, next we have this week's Speaking of Encouragement. Y'all already know, I told you at the beginning, DMX, DMX, 
Mr. Darkman X, Mr. Earl Simmons, is this week's beacon of encouragement. <sighs> he was humble, but he recognized that God gave him the power to help people. And then sometimes at the expense of himself walking in that power to be able to help even one person. I'm just so thankful that we got the chance to experience him while he was here because he gave him himself and he put others before himself, even to his detriment. So much so that sometimes he would look forward to going to jail to get a break from all the pressure in his life. And now, you know, you know, anytime someone says going to jail was a break and they were happy to go to jail so they can get some rest. That's too much. That's too much pressure. So thank you, DMX, for walking in your purpose, for standing boldly as a prayer warrior, and for doing what you were called to do in the midst of your struggles and in the midst of your imperfections. You helped so many people feel like it was okay to cry. Okay, I thought I had it under control. Clearly, I'm still struggling. Uh, you have so many people feel like it was okay. Like they didn't have to be perfect to be a believer. They could still love the Lord and have personal struggles. And a lot of times we have this image where it's like, you have to already be past your struggles. Even though as a church, we say all are welcome, all are, you know, come as you are, all that good stuff. Our actions, our behaviors, our judgments are very much, you need to have all that stuff under control before you step into these uh, church doors. So thank you for not letting that stop you. And thank you for being willing to go out to the street because that's another thing that not a lot of ministries do. So thank you. Thank you for reaching that olive branch out to a segment of people that long felt disregarded and written off. I absolutely know that your work will live on. Matter of fact, after his passing, I have never seen so many people share and post his prayers before. People are doing parades in his name. I mean, it's just a really beautiful thing to see. Even though, you know, parades and a pandemic, I mean, don't think that's the best <laughs> best thing right now. But it's a beautiful thing to see people wanting to come together to honor this man. So my prayer is that not only does his work continue, but that his message reaches across the people who didn't even know him before or know his heart before. We honor you, DMX, for the amazing work you've done. Thank you for being a beacon of encouragement to us all. Mr. Earl Simmons. If you'd like to nominate a beacon of encouragement of your own, please feel free to contact me on my website at www.antithesisofsuperwoman.com and submit your nomination. Remember, a beacon of encouragement is anyone who has encouraged you in life. They deserve a spotlight, so let's give them one. And let's work on giving them their flowers while they're here. Now to the encouragement quote. For the encouragement quote, I actually want to play the prayer by DMX that I mentioned to you earlier to highlight his calling and maybe help someone. Maybe hearing his prayer on this episode can help someone going through a feeling like they're not enough right now. P.S. I do not own the rights and will be sharing a link to the video in my references. Father God, I am just learning how to pray. Bear with me. 
First, I thank you for the life of everyone that's here with me. Then I thank you for the love you give me. Why? I don't know. I don't deserve it, and it hurts inside. Many a nights I cried and called your name out loud, but didn't call you when I was doing good, too proud. And still you gave me love. I wasn't used to that. Most of the people that gave me love ended up taking it back. That's something new to me. So I'm asking you for time to adjust. Let me make it there. I will be one you can trust. What I stand for, I put my life on. I do. I guess what I'm asking is, show me how to stand for you. And I will rap for you, sing for you, reach for you, preach for you, teach for you. I will love you like you love me, unconditionally. And I will always be prepared for whatever the mission will be. Give the nutrition to me, and I'll properly digest it. And when I give it back, I will show you word well invested. And whenever I go, before I go, let me give. Thanks to you, Lord, for my birth, for every day that I've lived. You gave me a love most of my life I didn't know was there. I give you my life because you cared. Amen and amen. And with that, I want to thank you all for joining me for another episode. I'm also grateful that you are rocking with me here as we grow on this journey of living our best lives without the cape. As always, know that I do not take it for granted. If you enjoy spending time with me, talking DMX and unlikely encouragers, then join the encouragement fam. We're here with open arms. Like, subscribe, and follow on any platform where podcasts are found. Remember to rate and review five stars. Can't wait to meet you back here next week for an all-new episode. You won't want to miss it. If you have encouragement topics you want me to discuss, a beacon of encouragement you want to nominate, or questions you want answered, feel free to let me know by visiting my website at www.antithesisofsuperwoman.com. And if you have Instagram, follow me at antithesis underscore of underscore superwoman. Talk to you next week. And remember, no cape, no cap. Bye.